Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Father, I want to ask this morning you forgive us of our sins. If we've said or done anything, Father God, and we have, where it wasn't pleasing to you and we took actions and acted in a way that didn't act like your kids, you said if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We're not always faithful, but you are, and you easily forgive us, and for that we're so thankful. I'm asking for a clean heart this morning, and I'm asking, Father, for uh, loyal spirits to you to be renewed. And I pray, Father, that you would speak to our hearts and our lives. I pray that you would just, Father, not just encourage us, and, but you challenge us that, to, to, that, that there would be the, that better me that's inside of me would be the me people get to see. <laughs> so, Father, I pray that you would make us everything you want us to be. Because there's a lot of people who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. There's a lot of people in this room that are tired of the, this new year looking like the old year. That's not what we want. And even though something might be good for us, Lord, and you're okay with it, it it'd be, if you got something better for us, that's what we want in on. We want in on the best life you want us to live. So in every area, I pray this morning, you challenge every person in this room. You speak to us right out of your word. Tell us what you want us to get out of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, I want to jump right into a particular passage of Scripture here. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. And will y'all talk to me this morning? Y'all talk back to me? Will y'all do that? Okay, good, because I just want to know what I can anticipate. I mean, you don't have to talk back to me, but it's more fun if y'all just kind of get with me a little bit and read when you're supposed to read, laugh when you're supposed to laugh. If something is going to be funny and you don't think it is, fake it for me. Would you do that? All right, Daniel chapter 11, and we're going to look at the B clause of this particular text, and we're all going to read it out loud together. But the people who know their God will be strong and take action. I love that verse. It starts with knowing, it goes to being, and ends up with doing. Knowing, being, doing. The people that know their God. The Bible didn't say the people that believe because the Bible says that the demons and the, and the devil believes in God. You see, I can believe in you, Bubba. I, I believe you exist. I'm looking at you. But believing that you exist does not mean that I necessarily know you. Do you know him? I'm convinced that there are people that go to church every Sunday morning, and they know church better than they know God. There are people that go to church, and they're not even sure that God likes you, that his plans are for your life. But when you know Christ is your personal Savior, and then you begin to know your God, you know how easily He forgives you. You know how much He loves you, that He's constantly thinking about you, that He's got the best plan for your life, that you can do all things through Christ, which gives you the strength. You know that your Heavenly Father is the one that created you, and He's lined out your life for you. He's prepared a place in heaven for you. And as you know God, all of a sudden you start being something. What? being stronger. Why is that important? Because you're going to need strength in this life. 
You're going to need strength for relationships. You're going to be, need strength for your job, for making a living in a difficult economy. You know so that you might be. And once you're being, then you know what you're going to do? You're going to take action. Because once you know who you are in God, and you realize you've been equipped to do what God wants you to do, then you can't sit still any longer. You are going to be a person that takes action. You are not going to procrastinate. Well, I don't need to give you the story of the water walker because you guys have been hearing it all along. I just gave you, however, the first point of today's message. What I'm going to do is I'm going to line out some traits for you today and then next week, some per important characteristics, or here's another way to put it, common denominators all water walkers have. Here's the first one. Water walkers have power over procrastination. And it's all tied up in this one verse, a trait from the great, Jesus Christ, where he acted immediately. Notice it says immediately after this. Now remember, Jesus had just fed the 5,000. The people were gathered there. The disciples had been there all day. People were tired, and Jesus wanted to break the meeting up. So the Bible says he did not drag this out. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get into the boat and go across to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Not someday, I'll get around to it. Maybe somebody else will do it, but right now. Not when everything's lined up. Not when it's, you know, the moon's out and we can see a little bit better to walk. No, no. Not. Immediately when it was time to do it, Jesus just did it. And water walkers take power over procrastination. We don't wait around until things maybe look a little better. If the Holy Spirit tells you to do it, we simply do it. Ecclesiastes, Solomon said in verse 11, verse 4, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. You see, we know that there is a rhythm to the plan of God. There is a window. There's a time frame. We don't wait too long to make it happen, and we don't happen before the timing's right. You want to know what some of the most expensive things this A personality person has ever done in my life is to act, move, or push before God's timing. One of the, most, one of the easiest ways for you to waste money is to act before God's ready for you to act. Then it's going to cost you. If you wait for his timing, it costs him, not you. Or a person who waits too long, a person who knows that God wants you to serve in the children's ministry and you don't. And another year goes by and you miss that. God wants you to give, tithe, let, your, get, let him partner with your finances and you don't. And this year looks like last year and another year is wasted. There's, a, there's importance to just getting in on this rhythm of acting when God wants us to act. Look at the side screen. What could have been done by now if you would have done it when you were supposed to have done it? <laughs> I don't know where that speaks to you, but there's an area of my life that speaks to me. Man, back when I was in my 20s and in my 30s, I had a flat stomach. I had, I had abs back in my 20s and 30s. Now, the problem is my body lied to me in my 40s. It told me I could eat anything I did in my 20s and 30s and be okay. And then it made me pay in my 50s. But there's areas of my life where I'm extremely disciplined. There's other areas where I, where I think if I just would have done what I should have done when I should have did it, how much further would I be today? Well, in that one area of my life, it's very obvious to me, there is already an uncanny resemblance that I have with a certain actor. An, an uncanny, you'll see it in a minute, you'll see it. But, but I know that if I just would have done what I should have done when I should have did it, I today would look a whole lot more like Dwayne The Rock Johnson than I do today. 
Uncanny. Is that, come on, Allie, is that not uncanny? I mean, seriously, do y'all see it? Oh, I know what the problem is. You guys only see me with a sports jacket on. You don't see, so let me, let me see if I can help you a little bit. Take a look, take a look at this right here. Come on, come on right there. You see it? I showed that to Anna. She laughed, she laughed, and then she made it wallpaper on her iPad. <laughs> That's not right. She's so funny, but that wasn't funny. I have a point. What was my point? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you'd have done what you should have done, what you should have done, and how much further along would you be? How much different would your life work? If you just hadn't procrastinated in areas where the Holy Spirit's been talking to you, telling you to take, listen, water, water. Exceptional people act on that which they know God wants them to do. Here's the second thing you need to know. Water walkers will never let people put you where God did not place you. Water walkers cannot be people pleasers. You will be one or you will be the other. Let me show you this from the traits of the great Jesus Christ. Jesus stops the meeting, sends the people home. One commentator says that the people wanted to make Jesus a temporary king over Israel. In other words, when Jesus was around, they ate food. When Jesus was around, uh, they were healed. When Jesus was around, things were better. So their life was miserable uh, in Israel. So they wanted to make Jesus a temporary king and then be up underneath Jesus. Well, they weren't looking for the eternal king in Jesus. They just wanted what was better for them at that time at the expense of the position that God put the Lord. Now, what about you? How many people have a really good plan for your life that is nothing like the plan that God has for your life? Have you ever noticed how many people can give their opinion how you ought to live your life while theirs is all messed up? And they get upset with you because you're not doing you the way they want you to do you. See, this is interesting. Jesus, the Bible says, um, sent the crowd away. That, that, wow, he did it. And he did it right away. You see, this is the place where, and, and then he went off to by himself to pray. This is the point I'm trying to tell you, that when you really know God, and you know who you belong to, and you know how he created you, then you start being who God wants you to be, and you don't have to try to be any. You've got confidence to not be pushed around to be whatever thing everybody else has in mind for you. And here, here it is. When you know who you are, here's the second part of that. You know who you're not. You know who you're not. And when God blesses you and you're able to do or be good in some area of your life, being good at something gives you options. Being good at something causes people to pull at you and say, well, if you can do this and maybe you can do that or you can do something else. But when you know God and all of a sudden now I'm, I'm being the person that God wants me to be, I am confident in that regardless of what somebody else's opinion is concerning how I ought to do me. I love what uh, uh, Brittany uh, Bicky said back in the 4640 to our teenagers, she said, don't let other people's voices speak louder than God's voice. I like that. Because if we're not careful, all of a sudden, when we're not really solid in our relationship with God, we don't know who we are. We let other people define who we are. And that's always going to be, always going to be a messed up life. And you can't be a water walker 
if you are so insecure that you have got to be a people pleaser because you can't be both. Look at number three, water walkers know how to maintain their priorities under pressure. In Matthew chapter 14 and verse 23, the Bible says, after sending them home, he went off into the hills by himself to pray. Now, I love this story. I mean, the guys there, the fellows, the disciples were there to help the Lord. Now, you would think that they just fed the 5,000, uh, you know, there's some cleanup that needed to be done, stuff like that. And Jesus goes over to the disciples, you know, they know he's, gonna, he's dismissing the crowd. I'm going to send all the people away. Good. The people need to go away. We're tired. They're wearing us out. That's a good idea. Let's get rid of the people. And then he said, and you too, I want you guys to go away. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you want to like get in the boat, go without? Yeah, I thought we were going with you. You're going to follow us? I thought we were following you. And by the way, how are you going to get there? We're taking the boat. And the Bible said that Jesus insisted. Do you know why he had to insist? Because he got pushback from what he was telling them. Because he was, what he was telling them, now follow me, was disappointing them. Here's the question. Do you have the ability to disappoint somebody in the moment that you might greater help them in the future? Or are you so insecure that you won't risk the no in the relationship because you're not sure the relationship can handle the no? Or can you pull back and say this, <clears throat> if our relationship can't handle an N-O, no answer in the moment, maybe we shouldn't be in a relationship. Because the best thing I can do for you is to give you a better me. And if all I'm doing is what I'm doing that pleases you and doesn't take care of me, then how is that giving you a better me? Jesus, I'm getting ahead of myself. Jesus tells the disciples to get in the boat, go to the other side. And then he insisted they did it. Now, here's, here's how you know there was pushback. If I said to you, listen, the service is over, okay, you guys, hey, y'all go home and you enjoy your families and make yourself a really nice lunch and have a great day. I'll stay back. I'll clean up after all y'all and I'll lock the doors. Okay? And you, said, you, you would say, oh, no, no, whoa, whoa, didn't know that. We'll hang out and help you. And I go, no, no, right? No, I insist. I insist. I would only insist if you pushed back wouldn't have to insist if you took off. So the pushback, you know what the pushback tells you? Pushback tells you there was disappointment. There was disappointment. Now, Jesus is the son of God. The Bible says he went off to be with himself and to pray to his heavenly father. Now, if Jesus, the son of God, knew the importance of the priority of self-ministry, how much more should you and I know it? Here's the point. Water walkers know how to maintain their priorities under pressure. Water walkers know how to maintain their priorities under pressure. I've been, like I said, really good and disciplined in some areas of my life. This area right here, that's rock solid. 
I do not care if it's 4.30 in the morning, a quarter to five. I don't care if it's 5.15 or 5.20. I'm going to start my day with my Heavenly Father. I'm going to grab a cup of coffee. I'm going to grab my Bible and my iPad. I'm going to make the font on my iPad really big because my eyes are blurry at that time of the day. I'm going to sip my coffee. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to listen to a little bit of worship music. And I'm going to spend the first part of that day talking to my, my Father and my God. Now, I have had many opportunities to go and play golf early in the morning, to go to the club early in the morning, the, the, the workout club, not the other kind of club, the workout club early in the morning. I've had those other invitations too, but I've had, and I've had opportunities to go have breakfast and coffee and this, that, and the other. And I've had to disappoint some people when I said, oh, no, I can't be a part of that. You know why? I'm, I'm a part of this. Because me being a part of this makes me better for you down the road, even though you might be disappointed in the moment. Yeah. But the priority of self-care is not selfish. It's not selfish. It's stewardship of the person that God made you. And let me tell you something. You are ridiculously 100% responsible for taking care of you because nobody else will, because nobody else can. Nobody knows you like you. Nobody knows what you've been through, how you're feeling, how many hours you slept last night, what text message you got right before you walked in this room. Nobody knows you like you. So nobody can take care of you like you can take care of you, nor will they, nor will they. And Jesus was willing to risk the people he loved the most being disappointed in the moment so that he might be able to do more for them in the future. And if Jesus would set that up as, a, as an example, how much more should you and I? I wish I'd have known that a little better. I mean, I was one of those people. Now, I, I love people. And here's the thing. I don't want to disappoint anybody. I've never wanted to disappoint. I never want to look at, see a disappointed look on my wife's face or my kid's face or my grandkid's face. And I don't want to see a disappointed look on your face or my any of my friend's face or anything like that. But I do know this. I do know that the best thing that I can do for you is to pull out a better version of me than there has ever been. I told Anna, I said, I won't reinvent myself in my 60s. It's only been 60, a couple of months now. I don't know if I'll make it to the rock, you know, the rock stage or not, but I, I told her, she said, well, that'll be interesting. I said, yeah, I know. But here's what I, here's what I, here's what I do know, and, I, and that there are many areas in your life that you might be disciplined. But I also know you're a lot like me when it comes to wanting to make other people happy. But if you have people in your life that can't take a no answer from time to time, are they really a relationship that you want to have? You ladies in here, I love you so much, and some of you are mamas, and you're taking care of everybody. Everybody looking at you, you everybody's rock. You're taking care of everybody. And now not all, some of you really got this going on, but some of you have let, let taking care of you, making sure you're okay. And I just want to caution you. Make sure you take time for self-ministry. Jesus did. People, people pressing against him wanting his time. Well, he knew that. Go home now. <laughs> Disciples, we're all about you, Lord. We gave it all up for you. That's fine. I'll get in the boat. Go to the other side. I'll see you. 
I always tell my family when I need a little less, when I need a little time alone by myself, I always say, now hang on to your cell phone because in case we get, inter in case we get separated, I'll call you. And every once in a while, they'll look at me and say, are you planning on us getting separated? And I go, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I want you to relate this story to you and not from a ministry story, but I'm going to tell you two stories real quick. And um, I want you to turn the story, not from ministry to people, but turn the story from you to your people around you, okay? A couple of years ago, Ann and I knew a pastor and his wife, we've known her for years and years and years, super talented, and they could do anything. She was a little bit more on the insecure side, so it was really important to her to make everybody happy. So she never said no to anything. She would, you know, somebody wanted her to do this. She dropped what she was doing. She didn't want to do it, didn't feel like doing it, wasn't up to doing it, but she'd say yes anyway, because she didn't want to disappoint anybody. She let herself, you know, kind of go and her world go. So her kids, her husband, you know, the church stuff needs. She's doing women's ministry, kids, she's doing it all. And at 49 years of age, just two years ago, she was walking through her church and she's supposed to meet some ladies for a meeting. And uh, she wasn't feeling good. People kind of having that upper respiratory stuff, you know. She had a little bit of that. Chest hurting a little bit, a little bronchitis, she thought. And um, so she sat down on a little six-foot-long wooden pew that was in a, in a hallway, kind of more for decoration it was. And she sat down there for a minute, and she texted her husband, said, I'm not feeling good right now, and, you know, I'll, I got a meeting, and then I'll be home after that. She said, okay, well, all right. She laid down on that pew, and she died within a matter of minutes. Roll forward six months and her husband is absolutely miserable and completely lost without her. He meets and marries another woman and is more miserable than what he was before that. Another story. Several years ago, back in Orlando, Florida, there was a, past, a youth pastor who was 32 years of age, wife, two little kids. He was the spark plug of the church. Everybody loved him. He was crazy, super energetic. All the kids, hundreds of kids flocked to their youth ministry. Families coming into the church because of his dynamic personality. He was crazy fun. He also didn't want to make anybody unhappy. So he'd say yes to that. He'd go to this. Teenagers call me. I'm over here for that. He had a wife and two kids. You know, honey, I'm trying to juggle this. and I'll be back home soon. Well, baby, can you turn your cell phone off? No, you know, they need me. I got to go to this. Somebody wanted me to go to a ball game. I got to go over here. I got to go over here. And he just went and went and went. And he too got some kind of upper respiratory thing and a little bit of bronchitis that went with that. And he thought, well, you know, I can run. So he kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. Turned into walking pneumonia and he died at 32 years of age. And then, you know, it's always said about somebody who dies early, huh, wonder why they didn't slow down and take care of themselves better. By the very people who pulled at them the most. Y'all see where I'm going? You know what the church did two months later? They got themselves another youth pastor. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that was a bad thing. They had to get themselves another youth pastor. 
But what I'm trying to tell you is this. You are the only one who is ridiculously responsible for taking care of you because nobody else on this planet will because nobody else knows where your emotional tank is, where your spiritual tank is, and where your physical tank is. And the best thing that you can give the people that you love the most is a better version of you. And that means you're going to have to say no from them to them from time to time in order for you to take better care of you. That's a good stopping point right there. I'll pick it up again next week. Let's pray. Father, it is in the name of our Savior Jesus Christ that we ask you to help us to know who we are in you. We can't be a people pleaser and be exceptional. We can't be a people pleaser and be a water walker. I pray that we would maintain the priorities that you have given us, even though the pressure of options and people pulling at us becomes more and greater. I pray, Father, that we would be people that will always take action when we are supposed to. You whisper to us what we're supposed to do, and we do it, and we do it now. Whether that's to partner with you financially, whether that's to be generous, whether that's to serve in some area, whatever it might be. And then, Father, I pray that you would never allow us to succumb to the life that somebody else wants us to live that would knock us out of the place where you have put us. May we live confidently. May we live as water walkers. And may we do everything that you would want us to do with this life. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.